Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is People Every Day. Coming up, Fleetwood Mac still at odds over the band's initial split almost 30 years later. And more music news you need to know. Plus, gearing up for the somber 20th anniversary of 9-11 and a look at the Royals from a photographer's point of view. It's September 10th. Hello, everyone. This is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. It is Friday, thank God, and well, may your weekend be one of reflection and renewal. We are just one day away from one of the nation's most heartbreaking anniversaries. Tomorrow will be 20 years since the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, along with Flight 93. It's the day everyone can remember where they were when it happened. At the time, I was a sophomore in high school here in California. And it was the first thing I heard when my radio alarm went off. I remember thinking it was a crank call that DJ Chewy Gomez was doing that morning. And then there's my mother-in-law who was working downtown just a few blocks away from the towers. And she recalls being in the street holding hands with a colleague as the first tower fell. Then there were those who were there in the building and the first responders who risked and lost their lives trying to save them. People.com caught up with Officer Will Hamino from Chester, New Jersey. Then a rookie cop, husband and father of two, he and others became trapped in the hallway between two elevators when the South Tower came down on and around them. Take a listen to the memory he shared with people of that horrific moment. It sounded like a million freight trains coming down on us. And then all of a sudden, everything just went silent and dark. Uh, after a little bit, I could see a hole above me about 30 feet up, and light was starting to trickle in. I could kind of see around me, and that's when I realized I was literally in a cocoon of concrete. When I finally could see, I could see Dominic to my left in a push-up position down. Uh, I couldn't see the sergeant, but I could hear him just beyond some concrete beyond my feet. And then I started calling for the other two officers, Christopher Amos and Antonio Rodriguez. I called their name for like, honestly, two minutes. And that's when Dominic said, Willie, they're in a better place. Wow. The focus tomorrow will be on those brave first responders like him and also the nearly 3,000 lives lost that day. In NYC, there will, of course, be the beautiful tribute in light where beams shine up into the sky from the two memorial pools where the old towers once stood. And also happening is Jon Stewart and Pete Davidson's star-studded comedy show, NYC Still Rising After 20 Years, which will take place at Madison Square Garden on the 12th. Of course, Davidson lost his dad in the attacks, sending prayers out to all of the victims and their families. 
Okay, on to some lighter news. We are getting a view of the Royals like we've never seen them before, thanks to Royals photographer Chris Jackson, who spent nearly 20 years snapping shots of the Windsors. These guys see things we don't get to see. And he told people recently that when it comes to Harry, my favorite, you never know what you're going to get. He said, quote, Harry brings an element of unpredictability, which has always been special. One example of that was when he joined in a charity run in Rio de Janeiro and ended up finishing the race with a face mask on. I love that. I love me some Harry. And now back in the States, there's some truly shocking news to update you on. Up-and-coming comedian Kate Quigley is speaking out after a near-fatal drug overdose. She is the lone survivor of a group of comedians who were partying together and did cocaine that was found to be laced with fentanyl. The three who died in the accidental overdose were Enrico Colangeli, who was 48, Natalie Williamson, 33, and Fuquan Johnson, 42, who Tiffany Haddish recently paid homage to as they were friends. Yesterday, Quigley took to social media, writing in part, I'm still healing physically and mentally, but reading all the positive messages from you guys is making me cry tonight. Thank you. Such a sad story. My heart goes out to everyone involved and their loved ones. Jeez. Well, shifting gears, it's time to dig into these next stories, all coming out of the music world. But before we do that, in recognition of New Music Friday, I just want to take a moment of sound for Chloe Bailey's new solo song that just dropped, Have Mercy. He said he liked that laffy daffy. He's so goofy, call me daddy. He goes goofy, he go daffy. Introduce me to She's a Beyonce protege, okay? And one half of the sister group, Chloe X Halley, and the song is a must listen and a must watch. The video is sexy. All right, now for the music news. Here to help me break it all down is People's Tomas Mier. Hi, Tomas. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Janine. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Well, especially now that Chloe Bailey just gave us everything. Yes, have mercy. <laughs> but let's start off talking <laughs> about something, well, unfortunately, in a whole other wheelhouse. Nicki Minaj's husband, Kenneth Zoo Petty, who pleaded guilty on Thursday to not registering as a sex offender in California. There have been a lot of stories coming out about him. So let's go back to the beginning and explain what happened. Yeah, so it goes all the way back to the mid-90s. Um, there's this woman named Jennifer Huff who is allegedly his rape victim. And she says that uh, when she was a teenager, he approached her in the morning um, with a knife and told her to come into his home um, where he... Um, raped her allegedly but literally she was supposed to go to school that day and ended up at his home so yeah she just recently filed a civil lawsuit alleging intimidation and harassment from Minaj and Petty which is different from the criminal case uh, from the alleged rape back in the 90s and so uh, he was found guilty of this like this isn't yeah he was convicted for um first degree attempted rape of a 16 year old um he was also a teenager at the time but he spent four years in prison actually and ended up coming out and part of his agreement was to register as a sex offender wherever he lives um, and so when he moved from new york to california he was supposed to register within an amount uh time frame and he did not do so so that's where this um now guilty plea regarding not registering has come that's basically what what's going on now and and, and it's interesting to see um, how this all has played out because I think the latest thing with Jennifer Huff's um, lawsuit is that Nikki and Kenneth approached her many times to ask her to recant her statement and she's very worried and concerned about her safety. So it's it's kind of a horrible story. Wow. Very, very tricky. Very sad as well. Um, but let's shift over to something positive, something that is good coming out of this. It's Friday, right? So let's talk about 
Beyonce and Jay-Z, they, they bring a smile to my face. Tiffany and Co. announced yesterday that they are collaborating with the couple's foundations now. So we already saw those Tiffany and Co. images that are everything. But now they are doing the work behind the scenes. Be Good and Sean Carter Foundation. And they are pledging $2 million to five HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. I love everything about this story. So tell me more. I mean, the last I heard, Beyonce turned 40 and we got nothing, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, now we got something. And a lot of kids are getting something, um, which is amazing. Yeah. So among the schools that are, will be funded by Jay-Z and Beyonce and the About Love Company, campaign um, include Lincoln University in Pennsylvania, Norfolk State University in Virginia, and Bennett College in North Carolina. And it's for students who want to pursue um, a career in the creative fields like visual arts, media, performance, design. Um, so up Beyonce and Jay-Z's alley, one could say. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. And goodness, student loans are nothing to play with. So that is so awesome that they are helping out. Uh, another musician who is making headlines, though, is eight-time Grammy winner Phil Collins. So we know he's had some health problems through the years, but it looks to be really serious now and affecting his ability as a musician, specifically his ability to play the drums. And this is so difficult. This is his, you know, this is his life's work. The drums are his signature instrument. And he told the BBC, quote, I'm kind of physically challenged a bit, which is very frustrating because I'd love to be playing up there with my son. So, Tomas, this is heartbreaking. I know his band Genesis is going on a reunion tour soon. Will he be up on stage with his son and other band members? Like, what are, what's it looking like? What's that? That's the thing. We really don't know. He's saying he can barely hold a drumstick. Like, to hear Phil Collins, the Phil Collins, say that he can't hold the instrument that he's played his whole life is so sad. So I, I guess we just have to hope that he can recover by the time this this reunion tour comes about because seeing him on stage at least one last tour would be uh, really sweet. He's He's gone through a bit of um, a rocky last few years, so it would be really nice to see him on the stage again. Next up, Tomas and I talk Fleetwood Mac drama, Renewed, that 70s music beef that just won't end. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, guys. I'm back now with People's Tomas Mier talking music. And this last story, we've got to sit in a little bit. Lindsey Buckingham is being super candid about what he says really broke up Fleetwood Mac, the iconic 70s band he was in with Stevie Nicks, Christine McVie, and Mick Fleetwood. And Tomas, he talked to you recently for a story in next week's issue of People about what all really went down behind the scenes, right? Yeah, so... To be honest, Lindsay is one of the most candid people that you'll ever talk to. It takes like two minutes and he'll start talking about Fleetwood Mac and his time in the group. <laughs> um, and I think that, that that's great. Like it works. And uh, basically he was speaking about his firing in 2018. And he says that 
Stevie Nicks, who's the front woman of the group and his former lover, gave um, Mick Fleetwood an ultimatum saying either Lindsay stays or I stay. Oh. Yeah. And so that's what Lindsay was talking about and says that they had to choose between the two and they ended up choosing Stevie. Well, I want to listen to a little bit of what he had to say just about that dynamic, because it's really wild, you know, working with your you know, X can be complicated. So let's take a listen to what he had to say. You, I mean, it was it was a, a very unusual situation to have four out of the five people be two couples and to have those two couples break up, to have three of those four people be writers who were writing songs to the other people in the group. And of course, that was all part of the appeal from the listener's point of view, the latching on to, for lack of a better term, the musical soap opera of it. Wow. The musical soap opera. Musical soap opera. Like, that's perfect. I can't even imagine what that would be like. But so Stevie Nicks released her own statement after Lindsay told his side of the story, and she did not mince words either. The band's manager, Irving Azoff, released one as well. So what did Stevie have to say? Stevie was like, that's wrong. <laughs> That's not what happened. Um, <laughs> but um, Stevie basically said that she did not demand that he be fired. And instead, she fired herself. And she said, quote, I proactively removed myself from the band in a situation I considered to be toxic to my well-being. I was done. If the band went on without me, so be it. And that, that's what she said. And then Irving Azoff, who had worked with the group for so long, agreed with Stevie and said that her account of events was factual and true. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. He said, she said from the 70s. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you go back, it's um, we're talking about the McVees, Christine and John, who were a couple divorced at the peak of uh, Fleetwood Mac success. Mm -hmm. And then also... Um, Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. And part of his firing, he told me that he felt that it dishonored the legacy of Fleetwood Mac because they have gone through so much ups and downs with the couples and the breakups and all of that good stuff. And now um, it was a smaller disagreement and that he says was almost comical. So. Oh, wow. What are, what are we hearing in terms of, you know, we got we got ABBA coming back. Are we going to get some more Fleetwood Mac? Well, that's the goal. Um, he said he would come back quote, like a shot. And Mick Fleetwood said that he would like him back too, that he would consider it. But I think at this point, it's up to Stevie and Lindsay to fix things up before that ever ends up happening. He told me, Mick knows I would come back like a shot, but we'll see. I'm not hanging my hat on that at all. So who knows? That was People's Tomas Mier on the biggest music headlines today. For more on those stories, head over to People.com and pick up next week's issue to hear the full story on Fleetwood Mac. And now, sending you into the weekend with something to make you smile. To celebrate the return of the 2021 NFL season and last night's opening game between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, late night talk show host Jimmy Fallon got into the mood with an original laugh out loud song called Football is Back. <laughs> so led by the Roots Band, the lights dimmed, then Fallon took the mic and gave shout outs to Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. But then the song took a turn with a question for Raiders owner Mark Davis. You gotta hear this. What I want, know what I need is the answer to this question, please. So what's up with Raiders owner Mark Davis's haircut? Bro, what the hell's going on up there? He's a non-player with helmet hat. 
that thing is out of control Just like a stadium, it's a friggin' bowl It seems in Vegas, home of gambling Houses, barbershops still standing Would it come off if I just pull it? Maybe next time, try a mullet <laughs> Burn! You can always count on Fallon for those hilarious digs Well, go Niners! Red and gold, forever faithful over here <laughs> And you all have a great weekend And if you have some time, head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and comment on the show Talk to you soon Thank you.